Our topic tonight is going to be effective listening and effective communications. And I'll tell you why I put listening in there. You'll see that listening is obviously a big part of communication. If there's no listening, sometimes you really don't have communication. And we'll see it through experiences and through, you know, examples here. Um, so hopefully we're going to make everything clear. Uh, we're going to talk about effective listening. Then we will go into something called defining your terms. And we're going to talk about that, what that means. I'll try to give examples as well. Then we'll do like a little game. Um, I'll exp- and that game with kind of like, we'll pretty much explain uh, the concepts that I'm talking about. And... I would say the last thing would be is pretty much, um, you know, some tips, mindfulness, different things that, you know, I gathered from the whole class to summarize. And we will do, I guess, one exercise at the end. So hopefully we can get through everything. It's a, it's a long one. But if not, I'm sure we're going to continue next week. Um, okay, so let's start with that. Effective communications starts really with effective listening. In Hebrew, listening, or I would say shmiat ha'ozen, literally means listening with the ear. And when the Torah says to Israel, Am Israel, shema, as in, you know, hear, O Israel. It really means not just listen, Israel, it means a deeper level of listening. Focusing, paying attention, piecing, p- putting the pieces together to gain the full clarity, the full idea, the full concept uh, that is told to us. And the first step to effective listening is literally just to listen, you know, actually listening to what is being said to us and making sure that we understand what the other person's viewpoint. Um, I would say that it's a skill. It's definitely something that we need to work on. And it's not something necessarily that you were born with or something. You know, some people have it easier with communications. Some are not. But it's something that you can acquire. It's something that you work on and you get better and better at it. Um, And here is, you know, an example. And I'm sure many of you have been in the situation that you are in a heated discussion with friends, colleagues, or even with someone you're, you're in a relationship with. And did it ever happen that you, aren't, you didn't feel like you were heard or you felt like the person is just busy pushing their agenda and their argument, but they're not really listening to you? Was that ever, did that ever happen to any of you? Right. And that obviously doesn't make you feel good, right? You really feel like, okay, that person is just, you know, you kind of like, forget it. They're, they don't even understand me. And even worse, sometimes... They don't only not listen to you, but they put you down. You know, they push your, uh, I would say, um, opinions down and don't make you feel good overall. And in general, this is something that all of us, you know, we're all guilty of in some sense. You know, sometimes on a, on a I would say, higher scale, sometimes less. But it's sometimes, you know, it happens to all of us all the time. How many times we think we're really listening to someone, but our mind is really wandering around. Either we're not focused or 
Sometimes our mind is focused, but focused on, you know, our answers. What the words that I'm going to, you know, answer this person and get my point across, even before they finish speaking. So I'm not really truly listening to their point. And I would say before we decide whether to accept or reject an idea, uh, before we argue, before we make statements, we first need to make sure we are paying attention. That's like number one. We need to genuinely listen to the person, genuinely try to understand what they're trying to say. And we know that if there is no real understanding, there is no real listening, there is no communication. It's just two people talking at each other instead of to each other. And that happens many times. I mean, I can listen to conversations and I'm like, wow. I mean, it doesn't even seem like there is a communication there. It's just every side is trying to say what they're trying to say, but there is no, no understanding, no listening. Nothing is going to come out from that conversation. Um, what's really interesting is that the word listen and the word silence, if you look at the letters, they share the same letters. And that's something that I found is really cool, specifically to the idea that we're talking about, that listening really means to be silenced, to be quiet, to pay attention to the other person while they're speaking. Don't get busy with getting your argument res ready or your ideas ready. Just listen to the person until they finish speaking. Now, the next time we find ourselves in an argument or conversation that's, you know, you're going to go, it can get heated up. Um, what you need to make sure, you just need to make sure you get the picture, you know, the full picture of the conversation. Get the picture straight. Hold your emotions in, and that's something that we need to work on, you know, everyone to their level, holding it in until we make sure we understood the person correctly. And I would say that one of the keys to have good communications, even when the topic that you want to talk about, whether it's someone, like we said, in a relationship or a colleague or even your employer, anyone, or parents, um, even if the topic is tough or emotional, what do you do after you listen carefully? What I find is the key is repeating back to the person what you understood they said. Their reasoning or their message that they're trying to, to send across to you. Um, and why, by doing that, you're gaining two things. One, that the person will really get the feeling, oh, wow, she or he are really listening to me and I'm being heard. So in a way, what happens is if a person, let's say, doesn't feel like they're heard. So as soon as there is a conversation, they're on a def defense mode. You know, they're defending their opinion and they're going to start shouting. They're going to start. They're not going to have a normal conversation. But as soon as you, you know, you pass it across, you say, well, I got you. So this is what you meant. This is what you said. Oh, so you're trying to say that this and this is correct or we should be doing that, whatever it is the conversation is going, you know, whatever direction um, it is going. And then what happens automatically and psychologically, they get it that you get them and they kind of calm down a little bit and they would listen to you. Um, now, but that being said, that doesn't mean you're agreeing with them. 
That's not what I say. I, you know, listening to someone doesn't mean necessarily you're going to agree with them. Um, you're just letting them know that you understand what they're saying. And, you know, I would say that after that, once you pass that stage and they're kind of, you know, feel good, they told you what they're feeling, then you can go ahead and say your point and they will listen to you, as we said. Um, now, anyone want to add anything to that or they had a specific experience that, you know, they maybe tried to do that or it could have been nice if they would finish listening? Because when it comes to real conversations and emotions in, what we find that obviously, you know, we're human beings. We have uh, that nature that doesn't let us just, you know, don't just talk, talk. I want to say also, you know, I have my side. I have, it's not true what you're saying, whatever it is. So we don't always listen till the end. Anyone want to add anything before we move on to the next thing? Come on. And no one, no one wants to add anything? I'll add something. Um, I think there's a reason that we have two ears and one mouth, so you can listen before you speak. Ooh, look at that. Well, that's a great Jewish idea. I like that. And I see Hallie's trying to say something. Yeah, I would say that um, repeating what the other person said right after can also be helpful if maybe you misunderstood what they were trying to say because exactly. it gives that person a chance to correct you. Perfect. That's exactly, uh, you know, one of the reasons why it is good to do that. Cause you know what? Sometimes we can have a conversation and like you said, I might not even get what you were trying to say. So by me repeating what you're saying, or at least your message, we can get the clarification. Oh, you didn't really understand me. Wait, I meant this and this and this. And then you avoid like a whole argument or a whole heated conversation. Uh, that's great. I love that. Anyone else want to add anything else before we move on? Yeah. Also, I think that like repeating what someone says to you, it makes that person feel understood because it shows that you've really been listening to them and that what they've said to you wasn't lost on you. And exactly. when someone understands you, that's the best feeling ever. So exactly. I think it's in general. I love it. Yes, that's exactly, you know, you know, a reason why it's good to do that. And again, it's not something that will happen naturally many times, but if you kind of work in it and we, I would say, brainwash ourselves in a good way um, to train ourselves to have self-control. I want to listen. And then when you really listen genuinely and you're not, your mind is not wandering around or being, you know, kind of like preparing yourself to to say what you want to say and prove to them that they're wrong, then if you really give it a thought, you'll be able to repeat what they're saying and hopefully pass the message that you understood them. Hopefully you didn't, there, would, there was like no miscommunications in between and you got what they're trying to say, like Hallie said, and then move on to maybe your side if there is a need for it. Sometimes people find that, oh, by finding out the miscommunications right there, let's say I didn't understand the person. And instead of running you know, to my side and starting to talk, what I would do, I would just really try to understand, oh, did I actually understand what you're trying to say? And then when I do that, what happens? Automatically, they will you know, either correct me or whatever, and then I, there might not even be a need for an argument or anything like that. So that's something that's, 
really, really important. And I find that's one of the keys. It's the repeating, repeating after someone says something to make sure it's for them and for you, for them to make sure that, you know, they got me, you know, someone, when you feel understood, you feel good. And then for you to make sure that you understand what they're saying. Now, let's go to the next thing. Defining your terms. Okay. And that's something that we'll explain. What does that mean? So a lot of the times misunderstandings and miscommunications happen because we use undefined um, terms in our conversations. And we'll give examples. Not everyone is clear on the definition in the conversation. And then there is kind of like miscommunication or confusion. What do they mean? They meant this, they meant that. And people do different things. And that can happen with work, with just anything. Um, let's give an example. And that's something I... You know, I've heard on an Israel trip and I found, hey, that's like a cool example to tie into this. So on a trip, you know, when you take a lot of people first time to Israel, we've done that many times and they tour around and everyone has different experiences, you know. Now, one of the guys uh, that were on on the trip, um, he seemed like he was having a good time, enjoying touring. It was his first time ever being in Israel um, and then at the end of the trip, uh, one of the rabbis, the mentors asked him, so how was Israel? Like, how was the trip? Um, so he said, yeah, it was amazing. Um, everything was great. But like one thing I don't understand, everyone says that this place is holy. I don't see anything holy in this place. I've been to the north, to the south, to Tel Aviv, to Yerushalayim, to I don't know where, to all the hikes. I, I don't see anything, anything like that. Like, what's up with this place or why people say that? So the rabbi is asking him, are you a buffoof stick? So the guy's like looking at the, at the rabbi. He's like, what are you saying? What? What did you just say? Um, so he said, just answer yes or no. So the guy's like, I have no idea what you're saying. How am I supposed to answer if I don't know what you're saying? So the rabbi is asking him, well, so can you tell me what holiness means then? Do you know what that means? Um, what do you think it is? Is it like, you know, angels flying down the street with like flapping their wings, like rainbow colors and I don't know what. Do you think that's holiness? What do you think that term means? How can you make a statement about a place, about something, whether or not it is holy, if you don't really know what holiness means? So as we see, sometimes we do throw around, you know, different concepts and different things that in our mind, it could be very vague. We don't really understand what those are. And those can create either miscommunication, misunderstanding, it can create different things that would not lead our conversation in the right direction. Getting the clear definition to terms, we find is really crucial to having a productive and intellectual discussion between people. And again, it could be on a date, it could be with your colleagues, it could be with your family, it could be with your, I don't know, friends, siblings, anyone. Um, I'll give you another example. That's I've heard many times uh, when we were in Oregon. Uh, not so much here in L.A., but uh, so we would hear from college students. People say like, well, listen, I mean, especially when we were tabling outside on campus, you know, you look for Jews and you find some Jews and some of them tells you like, they tell you, well, 
I'm a good Jew. I mean, I don't need a religion to tell me anything. I, I'm a good person. What do you want from me? I don't want to get involved. Something like that, along those lines. And we've heard that many times. Um, and when you analyze this, you know, this saying, so tell me, what does it mean to be a good person? What is a good person? I mean, it could be anything. What is a good person? If your goal is to be a good person, then you need to learn about it and to understand what it really means to know if you're reaching your goal or not. Otherwise, how can you tell if you're successful or not in, in the goal that you have in life, if you want to be a good person? Um, and I would say that what happens is if you don't understand the definition, like we said, then people can go around, let's say they say, I want to be a good person, and then they can just do whatever they want based on their feelings, and that happens many times, unfortunately, and they paint themselves as good because they don't have any direction or any clear definition what that really means. So in order to, and we see here again, when we have clear definition of terms that we use in our conversation or, if, or even for ourselves in life, it brings mutual understanding, it helps us be honest, it helps us be productive and be focused on our goals in life. We have direction, so if I know what good means, I would be able to follow that route or whatever it is and work on myself to be able to, to know that one day I can say, wow, I've worked on myself to be a good person and I somehow reached some level of being a good person. Otherwise, I could do whatever I want, and I just say, well, it's out of being good, whatever it is. I mean, everyone's doing whatever they feel anyway. Um, so that's obviously not defined. And I'll give you even more. And this is something that I was kind of debating, shall I mention that, shall I not? We're not going to get into it, but I'm just going to show you why it can be so, you know, it can create such a heated argument and there is a real big problem of communication there and defining what the terms are. So, and that's something, unfortunately, I've heard a lot. Under the Israeli occupations, Palestinians are living in an apartheid state, okay? So let's maybe try and define what this means. What is the definition of occupation? What is the definition of apartheid? And what is the definition of Palestinians? what their history. So when you really come to the understanding and you learn a lot about these concepts, then maybe you're able to have a conversation. But what I can throw in, you know, when it comes to these things, and again, I don't want to get too much into it, but when it comes into, um, you know, Israel, anti-Semitism, whatever it is, when you feel, and a lot of times you can have conversations with people, but like we said before, it's not a conversation. You can get the sense that the person is just trying to push their ag agenda. They're not really interested to hear you. They're not really interested to hear your opinion. And that, that happened to me many times on campus. They just want to throw at you whatever they think and go. So if that's the case, I wouldn't even waste my time to have a, a conversation. Because you can only converse with someone, you can only talk to someone that, you know, you, ha you have to have both sides. You're not talking to yourself, then talk to the wall. There's no, there's no need for that. And you're just wasting your energy. So that's something that I, I find, even in Judaism as well. There's people that would be, let's say, they would come onto a class and their goal is to just 
I don't know, be negative and bring out the problems, what they find they don't agree and they don't really want to hear the answers. It's just they want to be there to put out everything that hurts them about Judaism or everything they don't like. So I would say with that, you handle it in a different way, but the right way is not obviously to just being out there and throwing out your your um, pain at whoever it is, the speaker, the rabbi, I don't know, the rabbitin or your friend, you know, and the person and as speakers and as educators, we can always feel whether you're really looking for the answer or you just want to say, you know, if you want to say and you want me to listen, I would. But it's always good to get the understanding of what's happening. I've had that quite a few times. I would ask in certain situation, I would ask, so would you want me to listen or you actually want an answer? You know, and, and that makes people think and they're like, okay. I actually want someone to listen to me. And that's totally legit, but at least you know what they're coming to you for. But that's just a side thing that I wanted to add. Um, Okay, so here is the game. Hopefully it's not going to be too hard to understand. Now, this game is really there to help us appreciate the idea of definitions, to define um, the terms that we're using. And in order to have better conversations, better understanding between between people. So the game is called I, You, and She. Um, And I'll tell you what that is. So I'll say a scenario. And in the scenario, we have... So when I basically talk about myself, or in the scenario, there'll be the, the main character. They paint themselves the best. You know... I'm the best, I'm always doing the right thing, okay? And there are some people like that. Now, the second character will be, let's say it's a person in front of you, and, you know, they're there, so you don't really want to insult them in any way. So you're going to paint them kind of gray, based on the scenario. And then the third person is not there to, like, defend themselves, So you paint them pretty bad when you talk about them to other people. So let's give you a scenario. Um, You are in a car with a guy that you're dating. It's not the first date. So you guys decided that you're going on a, I don't know, on a trip or something. Um, Taking a, a route in between mountains, you know, like a beautiful drive. Definitely not a straight drive. And <clears throat> the guy is driving on like 90 miles an hour. <laughs> okay. Now, as soon as he starts speeding, you start, you know, holding on to your chair, to your seat, and you are scared. I mean, what's happening? <laughs> this guy's crazy. And what you do is you asking him, you're trying to be nice, so you're asking him, aren't you being too, like, over-adventurous or foolhardy or something like that? Um, and the guy is answering me, no, no way, I'm so used to it, that's, what I, that's how I drive, and I'm not afraid of anything. I mean, nothing's going to happen, don't worry. Something like that, it's kind of like shutting you down. Everything is fine, and you are scared. This is, it's not fine, it's not going well. Um, Now, if you're lucky to tell your story after, let's put it this way, and nothing happens, God forbid, Baruch Hashem, you managed to get get safely to where you needed to, 
and you tell your friend the whole story and you say that guy was a reckless idiot. He was so crazy. Like there's no way I'm seeing him again. Now, as we see in this story, you have three descriptions. We have three descriptions to the same person. Okay, so the first one was, you know, as I referred to it, was foolhardy or over-adventurous, let's say. The second one was him himself, about himself. No, I'm brave. And the third one, when I talk about that person to, you know, my family or my friends, I would say he was a reckless idiot. So obviously these descriptions are different. They're not the same. So what is really the reality? Does anyone of you have an idea? What is the reality? How would you analyze this? Feel free to unmute yourself. I'd love to hear what you, you know, your thoughts before I actually analyze it. Anyone? Come on, don't be shy. Just share your uh, thoughts. <laughs> I think the reality would be what you say about the person when you're not trying to save face for yourself by editing yourself in front of them. So you would refer, in this case, what would you say it is? Do you remember the three or, or should I repeat? Yeah. The, the I, you, he or she. Um, in this case, I would say it's the he because that's how you really felt about it. And you were just kind of trying to be gentle with him um, and not say that to him. But like, if you're really going to say that about someone, then that's how you really feel. Okay. So... That's, that's true. So you are saying, based on your, uh, you know, the way you analyzed it, that he's a reckless idiot because that's how you refer to him as a he, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So that's great. I mean, you, <laughs> we're going in the right direction here. So let's see. Now, by working through the objective definitions, we can really assess the situation without our emotions in the way. So let's see how we do it. What is brave? Brave describes someone who takes the necessary risk for a worthwhile purpose. And I'll give you an example. A firefighter is going into um, a burning house to save children. Okay, so that is brave. They still do it. It's their job, but they're still brave. Now, foolhardy describes someone who takes unnecessary uh, risk for a noble purpose. For example... You know, uh, I guess a regular citizen that walks into the burning building, burning house, uh, without any protective gear to save the children. So there's no chance they're not going to get hurt, but they're still doing it because they want to save the children. So they have a purpose. Now, the third one, (laughs) reckless idiot, is basically describing someone who is taking the unnecessary risk for no purpose. No worthwhile purpose, no real purpose. So I'll give you an example. You know, the same scenario of the burning building, a, just a citizen or someone who walks into the building to watch the beams fall. I mean, that's what they like doing, I guess. So they're really doing something that has no purpose. They're risking themselves and for no reason, right? So now... When we have these definitions of these three words in our scenario, what would suit the the driver best? You know, so let's go back to the scenario. Imagine now you're back in that car. Nothing happened. You didn't ask him yet. Are you being a bit too foolhardy or something? 
you're going back to the car ride and based on the definitions that we have and we understand the guy is taking the unnecessary risk for no worthwhile purpose then he's a reckless idiot so you're not going to say to his face reckless idiot but you can ask it in a nice way well now that you know the definition so you're going to say why are you risking our lives for what purpose when you ask someone this question you kind of put in a nice way you're putting them um yeah i would say it's it's pretty intimidating but you're putting it straight into their face it's not going around the circle it's not saying something else you are scared you need to make sure that you're safe and you're just asking for what purpose this is done now based on the definitions also the gra- the guy hopefully will agree that he's being a reckless idiot because he understand he's risking your life for no reason for no purpose or whatever reason he has i don't think there is a reason for that um based on the scenario there was no reason for that so as we see here definitions really help us and serve as a powerful tool to help us lead with our head and not necessarily just with our emotions because when we lead with our emotions we can go one direction which can be unclear and then we have like we see in the scenario three different descriptions to him you say one thing and then he still didn't get the point um i'm not saying we need to educate the whole world but when it comes to a situation where you're in danger uh there is no problem to tell the person why you're risking my life or why you're risking our lives and for what purpose is this just help me understand you know so they'll have to agree that they're doing something wrong here now let's see anyone want to bring out another scenario where we can you know analyze the three descriptions the same as this one hopefully it's not too complicated for you anyone here in the group would like to do that if it's too tough then we don't have to do it we'll have other um other examples later for different uh different exercises anyone is up for the challenge or no i see i see everyone thinking <laughs> Okay, I guess we're going to continue and if you have something and if you really want to share it after, I would love to hear. I'd love to hear some more examples that you can come up from your end. Um now talking about definitions, some people can say, well, it's too late, you know, to like redefine things that I whether grew up with or I've been that's my belief or whatever, but we know that it's never too late. Never too late to to change, never too late to do anything. And In fact, definitions as we see are so important, definitions of terms that we use all the time. We need to understand what we're saying when we're having conversations, what we believe in, everything about ourselves, it helps us to be more clear to other people. So, what I would suggest, thinking of concepts, not right now, but even after the class, during the week, think of concepts of fundamental ideas, things that you believe in, that you grew up with or whatever that you want to take those terms write it down and redefine or define it maybe you never had the definition for these things and i can even give examples after now and you'll see how much also these definitions the undefined things could create lots of problems throughout our whether it's dating because you can't really figure out what you exactly want and who you are and what's your religious level and all these things or 
anything else. You, you realize that we assume a lot of things, but when it comes to the real definition of the terms, we don't actually know what those mean. And that's why we're not clear. We don't have clarity. Um, I'll give you an example of free will, which I gave last time. I, I know I love that topic. I love free will. Um, but I'll give it again because I find that it's so, it's just, I hope it's going to be the easiest to understand. So the Torah tells us, you know, we have choice between life and death and choose life. Now, it's kind of interesting because like, obviously, if you have life and death, like as human beings, why, why are we not going to choose life? I mean, no one wakes up in the morning and says like, today I want to be evil. I want to be really bad. I don't think that's like most people's um, intention when they wake up in the morning. Most people do want to have a good day, decent day to their understanding, to their level, wherever they are in life. Um, but let's see what it really means. So it says, and I'm going to read the, the verse. I have placed life and death before you, blessing and curse, and you shall choose life. Free will is the, dis the decision between, and we mentioned that last week, I would say the conflict or the, de the decision between what your soul want to accomplish, to grow, to achieve, to get close to its uh, source, and to what your body feels like. It feels like escaping pain, sleeping in, instant gratification, anything like that. That's physical. That's what our bodies, you know, are into. And our soul is definitely into a complete different direction. So that's what the Torah tells us. This is what free will. Now, let's see how do we apply it to real life, okay? So here we see, and this is actually a conversation that, yes, it can happen between a person to themselves, like in their mind, to really get the idea of what's their motivation, who they are, what's making them not, you know, what's not motivating them to do things, what's stopping them. Um, but it's also something that I've heard from, you know, people that have, mentored and I've met and that wanted to have help to understand what's happening, like what is going on with me. And so here, that's how it goes. So the question is, do you want to be great? Of course I want to be great, but I just don't feel like making the effort. And by the way, I hear that unfortunately a lot today, uh, not today, today, but in this COVID-19 pandemic that we're living in, because uh, it kind of feels like there's no end to it. So a lot of people are less motivated, lots of, you know, feeling more down. There's not much to look forward to. And so this conversation, I think, is very real. Um, okay, so of course, I do want to be good. I really just don't feel like making any effort. I'm not in the mood, and that's something a lot of people say. Oh, well, I feel like sleeping in. I feel like pushing off the issues for another day. I don't want to deal with it. Just tired of life. Don't want to do this. Mm, okay. So you don't want to be great. You just want to be average. Um, no, I still want to... Well, I'm okay with being average. You know what? So that's a conclusion they come to. I'm okay with being average. But I'm still good. I just don't feel like doing anything today. Uh, really? You want mediocrity? Well, of course not. I want greatness. 
Let me tell you, but why can't you understand? Not today, okay? I don't want to do it today. That's it. So the next question would be, why not today? You know, that's, it's a very real conversation. Why not today? Tell me, why are you not feeling like making a change or doing a moving on, getting out of your comfort zone, whatever that is, why not today? So the answer is because I just don't feel like it. I'm not in the mood. I don't have ambition. I don't want to do this. So, so here is where the free will plays a role here. Well, who says you have to do what you feel like? And that's just a different way of thinking right now. Who, you know, people are trained to think that, you know, you need to do only what feels right and what you feel like doing. But that's not the honest truth. We need to do sometimes things that we don't feel like doing in order to get out of our comfort zone, in, in order to be successful, in, our, in order to just move on. Because it's obviously comfortable to stay in the same square and do the same thing and not putting myself out there, not taking risks, just being comfortable. So the question is really, who says you have to do what you feel like? You need to do what you want to. So, and here we know what the person wants to. They said they want to be great. It's not like they said they don't want to be good. They don't want to be successful. They don't want to, you know, have, um, I don't know, good communications with people or have good relationship with their parents. It's not like they don't want to. They just don't have the ambition to. And they say, I don't feel like doing it. Now, by doing this, kind of like having this conversation, you really make the decision to tackle the pain and get yourself out of your comfort zone. And really where the pain here in this conversation is we see it's very clear that it's a conversation between the soul and the body. The body makes us sometimes go down. It's like, I don't feel like it. I'm tired. I don't want to do this. I'm not in the mood. But the soul has fire. You know, we came to the world with a purpose. And we're here to do. We're not here to just sit down, do nothing. So when we do actually do that and do nothing, our soul is not fulfilled. So it's going to make us feel not good. So yes, I do want to be good. That's what I really want. But I don't feel like is basically what my body is telling me. So our body, which is very physical, is bringing me down a lot of the times. So that's where the, you know, we're tackling it with free will. We start understanding, okay, so when I do, you know, you can even translate it to your own, you know, life situations, whatever. When you feel like you're really like either down or don't feel like doing something or you don't, you're not sure why you're not getting anywhere, you have to really sit down with yourself and introspect. What's happening with me? Is it just my body really putting me down? Because the truth is there are no excitements or parties or things going on now. I don't have anything to look forward to, but yet my soul do want to succeed. My soul does, you know, it's the greater power. It's the spiritual source that wants to keep going. It didn't come to the world to do nothing. So there's always going to be that conflict. And every place has that conflict in a different place, you know, in a different area in life. But it's important to be aware of it, to know how to tackle it. So that's the example of free will, how free will can help us understand uh, how we work 
So if we define it, because a lot of people say, well, so what is free will? So if you define what free will is, you'll be able to use it. It's a tool. Use it in, in your own life to figure out how you feel, how to get out of whatever situations you are, how to move on with, how to push yourself to things that your body doesn't feel like it because, nah. For example, I've heard from many people, public speaking, they're so petrified, they're so scared of it. And, you know, they, and again, it's the body, it's the physical thing that's just like, I don't know, I don't want to deal with it, I don't want to be out there, I don't want to make a joke of myself, maybe I'll forget what I'm trying to say, whatever it is. But what the soul is saying, try. Why are you giving up on yourself? You got to try, you got to push yourself. So that's where, when we start recognizing where the battle is, we would hopefully know what to do then. So if I realize, okay, my, what's good to do is this. What I don't feel like is because my body is telling me that I'm not going to listen. I'm still going to push to get out of it. And once you do, nothing will stop you. You're going to start blossoming. You'll see what it means to really conquer things and really work with your free will uh, to make yourself the best that you can be. So that was my example in terms of defining terms in life, which can be very, I would say, important. And it's, it seems like such a big thing, but you can sit down and write even just five terms, five things that you usually either believe in or whatever it is that you find that you're not really sure what it really means. It could be Jewish things. You know, it doesn't have to be just anything. Uh, what does it really mean? Love. What does it really mean? Marriage. What does it really mean? Fre a friend. What is a friend? You know, when you get these things clear to yourself, you're going to have much more directions with where you're going, how you're proceeding, how you're having even conversations based on the game that we saw before and the examples. Now, the last part of this class, let's see what time it is. We're good with the time. Okay. So the last part of the class is, you know, the few, I would say, points that I kind of gathered to have, and I called it mindfulness. So it's, I would say, a few tips for life that I find when we are much more mindful about those things, things will change a lot in our life, in the way we look at the world, in the way we look at people, in the way we grow within ourselves and have much better communication as a, you know, in a general picture. So the first point here would be listening to what we see, read, and experience. So that's part of the, the effective listening. What does it mean to listen to what you see, read, and experience? Can anyone want to give me just like a guess? What, what, do, what do they think I mean by that? What does it mean listening to what I read or what I experience or what I see? Any of you? Does it mean like to be active in everything that you do, whether you're reading a book or listening to someone? So you know, actively involved in everything? Actively involved. Do you want to elaborate a little more? What do you mean by actively involved? Like um, if someone's talking to you, you're there, you're present in the moment and you're listening to them. If you're reading a book, you're not thinking about something else, but you're so involved in reading the book and understanding the story and putting it together 
this is what I took from it. <laughs> I love it. You're really there. Um, yeah, yeah, Hallie. I think um, for like listening to what's going on around us, it means you're fully in the present moment. Because like right. if, you know, listening to what you see and read means that you are in the moment with what's going on around you and you're not, you know, off thinking about other things. Perfect. Wow. You, your girls are like really got it. So that's pretty much what it means. It's we need to get to the habit of articulating what we experience, we read, we do, because the truth is anything that is worth our time, anything that we spend time on, whether it's reading a book or having a conversation with someone or even touring, it needs to be productive. And what does that mean? You define your goal ahead of time. What do I, what do I want to gain from this experience? When I tour, do I want to relax and really disconnect? So then be focused, be present, be in the moment. Don't be focused on your selfies right now. Be focused on nature, what you're seeing, the trails, the, I don't know, the mountains, the sound of the water or whatever that is, or the starry night, you know, if you go camping, you are really connecting to the higher source. You're really present. So that's something that you make your experience productive. So you define your goal ahead of time of what you want to accomplish. And once you did it, once you had that experience as well, you're able to analyze that experience and even define the experience that you had. Wow, what did I gain from it? And, you know, I find that it's so important many, many times. And I can say I'm guilty of this. Um, you know, I can read something and then five minutes later, I'm like, what did I just read? <laughs> did I just read this? Oh my gosh, I need to do this again. It's like, and that happens to me. Obviously, I wasn't focused when I was reading it and I just wasted my time. Many people, you know, they can tell you, I read this book. I don't know anything. I don't remember anything. So what happens is when we don't articulate, when we don't, when we're not present, we're not listening to the moments we're losing out first a lot of time and it's just pieces of data swimming in our brains but not going anywhere. So we're not even able to learn from our experiences, to learn new things, to grow as a person. So that's something that I find is really, really important. Tuning in, listening to what is around us, to what we see, to what we experience and to what we read. And I think with reading, it's, it's, um, it's a challenge to many it's, yeah, you do need to be focused when you're reading. Otherwise, it's not worth your time. You're just wasting your time. Um, the second one would be listening to the events of your life. I would love any of you, some of you, to tell me what do you think that means? Listening to the events of your life. Yeah, Ali. Um, I think that means that it's like that expression, you something, I'm going to mess it up, but it's like you keep learning the lesson, you keep going through something until you learn the lesson. So, um, you know, you, you have to pay attention to what these experiences are teaching you. I like that. Okay. So it's the lessons that you learn from the experiences, right? Anyone else want to add on that? Yeah, Megan. I think also it's good to like, look back on your experiences to realize like how you got where you are and why you act, how you act. Right. And then if you do that, how it's going to help you, how is it going to change anything? You can realize like what your weaknesses are and what you need to work on. 
or like what your skills are. Amazing. Wow. You, you girls are just like, you don't need me. Why do you need me here? This is amazing. I love it. Um, and yeah, this is exactly what I wrote here for myself is taking the time to introspect and really define the lessons that we learn from big things that happen in our lives. Uh, whether it's, God forbid, a loss of someone or got fired from a job. And I'll give that example, less, you know, less emotions in there. Um, someone get fired from a job and that happens a lot, unfortunately, nowadays. So what can happen if you don't articulate and, and kind of like connect to your experience? And again, I wouldn't say it happens because of COVID only. I'm saying when someone get fired and there is a reason for that, you know, to get fired, um, so they can come out with an experience either if they didn't have time to really like introspect and think about it, they can just either say, okay, well, I can't trust this kind of companies or maybe I should change direction or whatever. Like employers are just like, I don't like, I don't like to work for people or another thing, uh, which I've heard, which was kind of sad to hear. Well, I'm never going to have a successful career. Just never. I'm, I'm not capable of doing that. I'm just getting fired from pretty much any job I've been on. Now, if you don't introspect, you can go through life like that and really bring yourself down because of your experiences. But what the introspection, the listening is doing, you're able to look inside to really articulate what have happened, why do I think it happened, and then, like Megan and Ali said, you can learn how to move on to the next experience. So hopefully it's not going to happen again. You can learn maybe um, my communication skills with my boss or with other people were not so good. I need to really sharpen it and work on it. Maybe when I talk to people, I don't know how to respect them if they don't agree with me. You know, it could be anything. Maybe there is a certain skill that needed for this job that... Who said you need to be born with it? But I can invest and I can invest some time to work on it and uh, be really good at it. If we don't have that introspection, we're not going to get anywhere. We're not going to get further. We're not going to grow. We're not going to move on. So the introspection, the listening to the events of our lives is listening to the messages, listening to the uh, lessons that we can learn so we can grow from it. We learn in Judaism that every... Um, Every challenge that we're given, we have the tools to deal with it and grow from it. It's whether we are introspecting to find the tools and really grow, or we let it bring us down and fall even lower. And as we know, a lot of the successful people in the world became successful, not because they were born successful, maybe some, but a lot of the people became successful because they went through things, because they were once low there, and then they had that ex the experiences that they had to help them grow, to help them move on, and hopefully and eventually they became those who help other people that experience these kind of experiences. And that's amazing. So we can see what mankind, what, what human nature can do. You can either go really down or really up from the same experience. It's all about how focused and how much you want to listen to the experience that you have and how much you want to learn from it and move on and grow from it. Uh, so that's listening to the events of our lives. And the last one is obviously kind of like a summary to our class, is listening to people, effective listening. 
It's something that we need to work on. It's not something that we're born to it ne- with it necessarily. We need to make sure to really hear the other person, understand what they're saying. So there's two things. You hear them, you understand them. And by doing those two, you are able to repeat what they're saying. So you're avoiding a lot of problems that can happen. And you work also on getting clear definitions that you're using in your conversations. And these are going to be essential tools for you to avoid confusion, to have clarity and make sure that you have good and effective conversations with people when it comes to relationships, to parents, to, you know, dating, to anything else. Um, so, so far that's, I'm glad I was able to cover everything I wanted to cover tonight besides our, you know, little question exercise that I'm going to ask you all. But before we get to that, anyone want to add anything? You know, we spoke a lot about, you know, listening, communication, different keys, definitions. I threw in a lot of stuff here. I would really love to hear from you. What did you gain from it? What do you think, you know, is there something you didn't agree with? Uh, is there something you want to share with everyone? Any uh, insight? I would really love to hear from any of you, anything you'd like to share. I'm here for that. <laughs> come on I, sure I wanted to say I really like the the idea of like kind of communicating with yourself and your soul and understanding that that sometimes you think of things and you actually don't even know what the meaning of it is for yourself and I think it's something I recently discovered I just thought thought of a bunch of things but I didn't really know what they meant to me until like people started questioning me about it so um, I think it's really important that communication is not only with other people but with yourself too love it you phrase it really well yes communication is definitely not just with other people it's internal as well so when we have things worked out and clear internally we're able to be clear to other people too We're able to have really good communications with people. And some people are good at it. You know, some people need to work on it a lot more. But it's something that anyone can have. It's if you have the directions, if you're able to, you know, take the time to really look into it, you're, you will do it. Um, okay, so let's do, I want to make sure we're on time. So this is great, perfect timing. What I would like to do now, let's talk about effective I would say listening, based on our class tonight, effective listening, effective communication. Give me an example of, you know, doing that on a date. How, if you have good communication, what can you avoid on a date that wouldn't happen? Or if you didn't use any of the communication skills, what would happen otherwise? Was my question clear or I need to repeat it? Would you like me to repeat? I have an example. Yeah. Who so, is it? I, you know, sorry, I can't see you. You're going to date here. Oh. Who is it? Oh, okay. Sorry, no, I, I just couldn't see yeah. your, your, your square. Okay. Yes. Um, I was just going to say, you know, you go on a date, you're meeting someone for the first time. And if you're not effectively listening, um, let's say they say something and you're just thinking about what you're going to say, then... Maybe later on, you'll ask them a question that they already told you. And so you'll look bad because they already told you this thing about themselves and now they have to repeat themselves. 
That's right. Well, that's embarrassing. <laughs> that can happen. Definitely. Definitely. Wow. Um, I, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Anything else? I have a kind of funny example. Um, I love because, funny examples. Go ahead. <laughs> because of what you were saying about um, about you're on a date and the guy is driving 90 miles an hour on like a thing that actually happened to me um, a few days ago. No way. Um, <laughs> wow. And, Tell and us. I told him he'd be a reckless idiot. <laughs> wow. Um, Are you serious? That's amazing. I did, yeah. When he would cut off other cars, like he just—he's from New York, and he said that's how they drive there. And I said, you know what? That's not how we drive here. And if there, everyone drives like that. You have to do that to be safe. You have to realize that it's not like that here. Um, and I, like I said, like you know, respect isn't just you know face to face. Respect is also like you're interacting with other cars on the road, and you should like be respectful of them because it's both our safety and their safety that's at risk. Wow, I, I I like this. <laughs> you're let's call you brave. That's nice because you're really using your, you know, um, definitions in the right way and able to put it into words that are clear. And that is really really important to avoid anything else. Because the truth is, when you are in such a situation, who said you need to go around the circle around the bush? I mean you need to be making sure that you're feeling safe with that person. And if that's not the case, you got to say something. So I like that. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> that's, uh, I mean, I'm sad you had that experience, but I'm, I'm happy. You okay, you got better at driving. That's good. <laughs> well, if they listen, that, that's a good thing, by the way. So let's talk about that. If you actually do say a comment, you know, on a date, and the guy's actually taking your advice or whatever you're saying because you're saying like here it's not and they're like that's what they're used to um that means something nice about the person let's just leave it there i mean it does mean that they're able to hear criticism and they're able to accept they realize maybe um I and mean, again i'm not putting a stamp that that person is awesome i'm sure they are but you know just just to give us like an idea, it is nice when someone is actually deciding to take on uh, something that you're saying. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I like that. Um, anyone else? Anything else or any other funny things that happened to you that's, um, or scary things? But anything to do with communications, that it can go wrong when there is no good communication. Or he thought I said that, but I said that. You know, I, I hear so many <laughs> So many scenarios, so many stories when it comes to dating. Um, hey, Hallie. Yeah, one thing that I think like now it now is super important when you're if you're dating someone for communication is to know like what they are looking for going into it. Because I know a lot of times um, I've gone on dates with people and we're looking for two different things. Um, and so that can be really important. And especially like in our, I don't know, at our age, I feel like there's a lot of people who are half of the people are looking for like a serious relationship. And then there are people who don't want that at all. Right. And if you don't like establish that when you at the beginning and communicate that someone's going to get hurt. I love what you said, because that's something that we kept saying during the effective dating series that we just ended a few weeks ago. Um, 
And it's super important. That is part of communication because what's the point? You're going to go into a relationship where you're both having different ideas of what you want from the relationship and someone will get hurt and you're wasting your time and you're having drama in your life for no reason. So these are the things that are really important to, to mention. But what I would like you to share, if you can, is so how would you say is the best way to communicate it to someone? Let's say you are going on a date. How would you find out if they are on the same page? What would you say? I mean, I think if you could straight up just ask the other person, like, hey, what, what are you looking for? You know, I mean, I know that's kind of, that might be kind of scary, but I think that's the best way to know um, because they're either going to say, I'm looking for something serious or I'm not. Right. I like that. Thank you. I mean, I'm, I'm all into being very straight out and upfront. Maybe it's because I'm Israeli. You can blame that, but I just like that. You know, I think it just avoids a lot of problems in life. Um, but right. I like that. I'm processing it and I like it. I think that's, that is the way some people would tell me and that's the, the advice that I would give, but some people would tell me, yeah, I'm scared to do that. <laughs> you know, I don't know. They're going to get intimidated. They'll think whatever. And I'm like, well, if you're thinking way too much about what they will think about your time that you're going to invest in that person and you kind of like, it's in the air, you're not really sure then you're not really think, you know, you're not really valuing your own time yourself. You have to, you have to stand up with your values. This is, you know, that's what I would like. I would like, and you, it's not like you were saying, this is what I would like. It's, you're asking nicely, what do you hope to, you know, what's your direction in the relationship? What, what are you looking for? And I think, I also think yeah. That, oh, sorry. yeah, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I think that if you like, just very like casually want to ask someone, like if they're looking for something serious or not. And they get so intimidated by that question that they can't like see you again or they don't want to talk to you anymore, then they're probably not looking for something serious. 100% correct. <laughs> Some people are scared of that. And I think there's nothing to be scared of because you know what? If the person got so intimidated that you're asking literally like, what are you looking for something serious or not? So I know, you know what I'm into, then they do have that problem. And so if they are not able to, let's put it this way, face the question, they're not for you. They're for sure not looking for something serious because if someone is serious, let me tell you from experience of working with a lot of people, any age, pretty much between 20 to like 40. And, you know, if they're too scared or get too intimidated, they're not ready. <laughs> Don't assume that they are. If someone is serious, they won't be shy or anything to say, you know, I'm looking for something serious, you know, potentially. No one said, you know, you, you need to mention like marriage tomorrow. That's not what I'm saying. But when we say something serious, we understand we're looking for something more than just dating to date, like we phrased it in the, in the dating series. Um, thank, thanks for uh, mentioning that, Becca. Uh, with that being said, that was wonderful. I loved it. I look at the time, so I don't want to keep you too long. It's quarter to 10. Um, I had a lot of fun. I hope you all had too. And that was our, uh, you know, lit women series number three on effective communication and effective listening. I'm looking forward to our next one next week on Monday. So have a beautiful evening and looking forward to seeing you very, very soon. 
Thank you, Shira. Thank you, Shira. Thanks, Shira. Thank you, Shira. Pleasure. I loved it.